Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Rob Belushi, a talented actor, screenwriter, and host of the new hit Game Show Network series Get a Clue and Daily Draw. Rob Belushi is one of the funniest and friendliest people you'll meet on Twitter. Having graduated with honors from Wesleyan with a degree in film studies, he's a passionate, enthusiastic movie buff who will just as soon text you with unexpected Hitchcock observations as he will leave you hilarious, pitch-perfect voicemail impressions of his favorite Scorsese characters. A Chicago native whose grandma actually still lives in the city where I spent some of my earliest years, shout out to Naperville, Rob is an alumni of the prestigious Second City, where he still performs and teaches improv, with recurring turns on series like Ballers, The Mentalist, and How I Met Your Mother, among others. When he isn't acting or hosting exciting word games, Rob spends his time writing. He is next set to star in an upcoming film he wrote from the producers of The Conjuring, and he's also an investor in LA's new restaurant, Prime Pizza, where they serve up mouth-watering Sicilian dishes regularly championing others, including yours truly. On Rob's social media, you'll often see him publicly thanking flight attendants by name and advocating for others, including his mail carriers, to receive PPE. A genuine, positive presence. I'm so proud to welcome him to Watch with Jen and Friends. Welcome, Rob. It's good to see you. It is so good to see you. I know. So how are you doing and how have you been adapting to quarantine life? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm grateful to be doing so well. Um, okay. You know, uh, I'm adapting. It's, you know, gosh, I don't know how to answer that. Like, I don't go to work every day. Um, okay. So my uh, work is different you know i'm i'm used to only working you know like 40 days a year gotcha. um but you know a lot of that time is i don't writing or auditioning or you know having meetings and stuff like that so from just spending so much time alone has been I mean, at home um is different but what a boring answer I, i'm fine you know there's so no many, you're fine i'm really worried about people out there who, you know, don't have a home to live in or don't have a, enough food in their pantry. And, you know, I'm, I don't worry about me. I'm good. I got, no. I don't know if you can see this. Yes. And I got double barreled wiener dogs. Yeah. So, One for the each of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two <exactly>. dogs. <laughs> They're here, Huckleberry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're great uh, Huckleberries and they're adorable. So well, I know Doc, I got a lot of friends. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so professionally, I know you're doing daily draw out of your house now, or how's that going? Uh, it's good. Yeah, daily draw is a uh, daily, um, I guess, sweepstakes where uh, Game Show Network pulls names, and I pull names that have been submitted to us, and we give away money every day while I'm at home. So it's like. 250 bucks weekdays and then f uh, $500 on Friday. And it's been great. I, That's great. It's like 
a nice chance to give people money, which is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. So what have you been watching lately? Anything you'd like to recommend? You know, uh, sure. I mean, gosh, take my recommendations with a grain of salt. That's why I always, you know, listen and watch your Twitter like a starving buzzard. But uh, (laughs) I guess uh, we watched 000 on Prime, which is um, a kind of sweeping multinational crime story. Ooh. Yeah, Gabriel Byrne and Andrea Riseborough, and God, the boy's name, I forget it. He's the kid from um, Place Beyond the Pines, that actor. Oh, yeah. I, I can't Blanking remember. on it, yeah. Yeah, um, they are the American people, and then there is a whole uh, Italian side and a whole uh, side in Mexico as well, and they all converge. So watch that. It was really cool. It was eight episodes. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I mean, every shot is jaw-dropping. Um, and the story was interesting. They're, they really uh, let the characters, they investigate the characters. Sometimes I think perhaps a little too long. You know, let's not forget about the story. <laughs> um, but it's definitely worth a watch. And then watched all of Ozark Season 3. Okay. Um, loved it. Love, love them all. Um I, that may be, I don't know if that's controversial or not, but um, I was listening to your other uh, podcast with, uh, is it Jordan? Yeah, right? Jordan Harper. Yep. Jordan Harper. I can't wait to read um, Girl Riding Shotgun. She Rides Shotgun. She it's, Rides Shotgun. Oh, it's awesome. I think you'll love it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I've been reading a lot, but he was talking about premium cable and like you guys were talking about like the green or blue hues. Yeah. Um, dominating. I, I love it. Um, okay. So, so, <laughs> um, I love that about Ozark. And then I've been like rewatching a lot of stuff. Uh, oh, I, I watched Angel Heart, which I'd never seen. The Mickey Rourke. De Niro. Uh, yeah. De Niro. Yeah. Is it Lisa Bonet? Was she the one in that? Yes, Lisa Bonet. I haven't oh, yeah, seen that in like twenty years. But oh my gosh, yeah, I do remember that. It's crazy. It's a weird one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I guess I was I was talking about it with someone, and they said Bill Cosby got very mad at Lisa Bonet for doing it because she was nude, and I don't know, just another. I can't believe I mentioned his name, but another bad, <laughs> bad, bad influence from him. Um, yeah. Stay out uh, of it, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not your not. body. Yeah. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Been rewatching a bunch of Hitchcock, which I always do as a comfort. Um, yeah. I don't know. Am I am I boring? Am I just rattling here? You are not boring. Never boring. One of my favorite things about you is just how much you support other people, other artists, writers, comics. So you turned me on to VHS Girls. Great wooden, the hand-painted VHS covers. I'm going to link to those in the post. Oh, Who good. Else? Yeah, who else is on your radar that you'd like to celebrate today? Oh gosh, well, just a quick, a, a, some quick VHS girl stuff. I actually, uh, a writer named Emily Schultz kind mm-hmm. of hit me to her. She wrote The Blondes and um, did a podcast of it. Actually, if you listen to that podcast, I'm on it playing like an Alex, uh, who's the terrible right wing 
Alex Jones type guy. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And they're giving away all of the proceeds from new listeners for the Blondes podcast to medical workers and um, and the crew who made the podcast. So go oh, ahead and good. click that. It's it's kind of a, a pandemic of sorts type tale based on her book. But anyway, VHS girl, I was like so excited and I contacted her and, I, you know, I got a bunch of them um, and I asked my manager what his favorite movie was because I was uh-huh. going to commission her to do one and he said heavyweights and like the uh, disney one yes with ben stiller wow yes <laughs> i'm like okay dude um so i got him heavyweights and he loved it <laughs> i went to his house it's like up and i'm like this is my manager like <laughs> of all the movies he picked heavyweights i couldn't believe it yeah um but i got my writing partner heat and um there's a, I'm an investor in this pizza restaurant out here, so I, I got them do the right thing, which is obviously Perfect. about a lot of things besides pizza, but one of my favorite movies. And um, she's awesome, and and she's a she's a cool young artist. Um, anyone else I want to shout out? I guess, um, gosh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm reading Don Winslow's new book right now uh, called Broken. Actually, I finished it last night. It's fantastic. I don't think he needs any help, but um, I just love him and uh, I love his love his writing. I love his kind of his crime stories, and I just love him as a guy. He talk about champion championing other writers and yes. also kind of speaking truth to power. He's he's a really cool dude. He sent me a signed copy hardcover of his book because I don't know oh. why. Yeah, he's a great guy and I like Yeah. have this weird Twitter bit that I do with him where I constantly call him my dad and Yes. <laughs> it's very And you creepy. try to get a role for what role did you you wanted to play a role in his series? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think- saw that one. But no, Don is great. He was like the first famous author that ever followed me years and years ago. I have Uh, no idea why, except we both love crime films. And yeah, he's a great guy for sure. I hopefully one day I get to meet him. He's 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 kind of a hero. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I mean, just in general, listen to podcasts and share it and, you know, watch people's movies. Um Screamfest just uh, uh, released our short Dylan with a bunch of other great shorts. So uh, that's on YouTube, I think. You could check Screamfest Scream Fest channel and support all those filmmakers. Um, there's, I'll link to oh, that as well because it's really good. Oh, you're so you're so nice to me. I don't know why what I did to deserve you, but you're you're amazing. You're likewise. You're the nicest. It's a Midwestern thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Naperville, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was actually going to talk about Dylan. I've seen you do everything from, you know, funny improvised stuff on the off season, more dramatic work on The Mentalist, and then that creepy, scary turn in Dylan. Is there a genre you prefer, or what do you look for when you're choosing a role? Wow. When I'm choosing a role, I guess the first thing I look for is somebody that will hire me. And that's important. Yeah, that's that's my big one. Um, um, 
Good thing you have a heavyweight manager who loves heavyweights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going to bat for you. Yeah. I know. I'm hoping to play <laughs> one of the sandwiches in heavyweights, too. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess I, I, there's really, in when you're acting, there's like a fun challenge to every, every role and just trying to figure, I try to like bring myself to roles within a parameter I know a lot of actors don't work that way, and um, but I always try to connect who I am to the role that I'm playing. So obviously people are very complicated and there's lots of aspects that you can do. So, um, But yeah, I, I always like roles where I can have a little bit of personality and then kind of have a, you know, a quiet or dramatic moment, and that can look like that can happen in comedy, that can happen in drama, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, you're a teacher as well as a performer at Second City. What do you like about each of those parts you play there? Um, well, teaching, I really I really like to um, try to have a positive impact on people and also, uh, like, nurture them without being um, inauthentic. Yeah. So, uh, I really... Growing up, my teachers, I like to say, saved my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I always was able to find some self-esteem and value in the classroom, whereas outside, I really struggled with that. So I do like bringing that that into, like, improv, which can be such a weird thing to teach and learn anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what I enjoy about – I mean, that's the main thing I enjoy about teaching teaching improv you know i like to say like you guys you're spending money to learn the dumbest thing in the world like let's not turn (laughs) this into rocket scientist the science let's try to be fun and free and and find who you are and share that with people um and i think when you can when you can share who you are with people in different ways that that it ends up being beautiful and saying something about the world so if you're in there just trying to rip a bunch of jokes um I think it's a lot less cool. Yeah. And then um, performing at Second City is fantastic. I mean, the best people I know all came out of Second City. And uh, it's a way to be part of the community and make each other laugh and feel free on stage. So it's something I, I hope I never have to stop doing. Yeah. When did you start at Second City? Well, my mom will say I started in 1981 as the New Year's baby. I guess they took me on stage Oh, really? Um, in Chicago, yeah. But um, after college, I started taking classes in Chicago, and I worked on the night staff there. So I was, like, seating people. as I was a host, bringing them fried mm-hmm. food, cleaning up their throw-up when they had too much to drink. <laughs> um, but important. I got to watch. It's crucial. Yeah. Got to help those performers out. They can't be looking at that, Rob. <laughs> no, and they can't clean it up, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then um, uh, what's so cool about being on the night staff is you get to watch the show every night and kind of be a part of the world uh, Mm -hmm. before you're hired. So you get to learn about it. You get to watch your favorite performers. You get to see what it's like to to do the thing you want to do. And then I think they hired me as an understudy in 2005. And then I went to Vegas in 2007 and was there for the the big our our last 
big, you know, mortgage meltdown. Um, and then I toured for them some more and I did like a ship. I understudied the main stage and then I moved to LA in 2010. So, so yeah, you're basically a lifer starting yeah. on stage. Yeah. Well, game show network subscribers know you best as the host of get a clue and daily draw. What's it like being a game show host? I always want to jump through the screen to help give different clues like it drives me nuts is it hard not to do that like when you're watching you, not for me no um, because I, like while i'm watching them i'm trying to like think of things to talk about that oh, they're gotcha. doing yeah you know so i'm like kind of clocking their behavior or their thought patterns so i can maybe make some kind of like charming reference or outright joke about it but when i'm watching it like on TV, yeah, it's we we want the audience to like play along and get frustrated or whatever. Um, yes, <laughs> so that's that's an important part of the game. Definitely, no, I love the little jokes you come up with. I mean, I think it was one of the first shows you referenced Blockbuster, and it was like, "That's Rob." <laughs> that was Thanks. good. Thanks yeah. for watching. Hey, of course. So I, gotta, I know. I, you, oh, go for I, it. I, I just got to say, like. It's a job I never thought I would have, and um, you know the the story behind it is I, I auditioned for like some kind of pop culture talk show three years ago or something for the same producers, and they remembered me, and I know nothing about pop culture. Wow. Um, I think you could have fooled all of us. You know some stuff. I I mean I was like talking to people like, all right, tell me about the Kardashians and tell me about Taylor Swift. That Oh, I don't know any of that. Yeah, I was yeah. terrible with that. Yep. But um, but I got to say I love doing this show. I, it, it's kind of like teaching. is like I get to meet new people. I get to try to make them feel comfortable in a very weird situation. Uh, I get to, like, have fun with everyone. And they're, they they treat me great. And it's just me up there. They, they like the way that I am funny and kind of support me to bring myself to the work and and it's a strange feeling you know there's a lot of rejection as an actor and you're not doing it right or here's what we want and it's it's kind of nice to work for people who advocate for you to just do whatever you want we see you pulling back on jokes that you think are like weird or psychotic and we want you to go for it well if it's too weird we'll cut it and i'm like well that feels great that's nice yeah yeah yeah, you were telling me you shot them, like, the first, I don't know if you've gone back since, didn't you shoot them in Vegas in, like, quick succession, or how did that work? Yeah, we shot 65 episodes in three weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, like, six a day. Um, they turn them and wow. burn them, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, well, obviously everyone's kind of looking to see how we all get through the situation we're in as a global population right now, but we're hopeful to, to shoot some more in the summer, I hope. Good. Well, I know you're the biggest fan of Joe Pesci, so what <laughs> is your favorite Joe Pesci role and why? God, it's so hard. I mean, yeah. look, he's he's great in Raging Bull, but... yes. It, for me, it always go, and like my cousin Vinny, Home Alone. I mean, all of them. Eight. I rewatched yeah. Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag the other day. 
He's good was, in everything. Yeah. It's such I couldn't believe I was watching it and I couldn't believe that <laughs> I forgot Pash was in that. Um I mean it was between Goodfellas and Casino, obviously, and then the Irishman came out and kind of like blew it all apart for me. Yeah. I guess probably Casino just because you get so much more Nikki screen time in that. Um You do. And just the like the the little speech he gives to Charlie the banker up in uh, Ace's upstairs living room. Okay. You know, he's like, <laughs> maybe it is you didn't you know what it is I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bash your head in with a bat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we do that, my buddies and I do that all the time to each other. But, but the Irishman, like his slowness, his stillness, his his just softness of a very hard and sharp and complicated man in that film. I, I couldn't stop watching him and I was so grateful he came back. Yeah. I mean, before then it, it was just the good shepherd, right? It, that was like the last thing he did. And I think he just did that for Bob. Yeah. Yeah. One yep. scene, right. As yep. Giancana, I think. I believe you're right. Yeah. What I love in The Irishman is you can tell, like, this mob boss is so heartbroken that his friend's daughter just, like, disrespects him or doesn't like him. And he's trying to win the little girl's affection. And it just, your heart kind of breaks. It's like, you know what he does for a living, but you still care. And I thought that was really interesting, how it kind of showed the contradiction between him and Al Pacino's character and who she gravitated to. It was really interesting. Yeah. I, did, okay, so I love that. And watching him play through that moment as, at, like, that character play through that moment in the bowling alley is so, yes. like, heartbreaking. But the first time I watched the film, I, I of course, saw it in the theaters the, the weekend it came out. Good man. And the, The first time I saw it, I was like, are they, is there some kind of weird, um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like weird issue with him and the kids or is that what you were thinking? Oh, interesting. I didn't see it like that, but I can see maybe worrying, I suppose, but. I was really worried. And then on, like, I, I just decided to like move that out and just decide that like, she decides she knows that he's a bad man. And that her dad, yeah, her dad does bad stuff for a bad man, and it's him. And so she rejects him. Yep. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I hope he's not a Not creepy. Yeah. 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 Not like Buscemi in Con Air or something where you're like, oh, just get that out of there. But yeah. That sequence is very... Needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was definitely not necessary, but yeah. Yeah. You know, Pesci saves, like, bad movies. Um, if he's in it, he's the reason to watch, basically. I, yeah. I mean, I find him so exhilarating to watch. It's like, I know I, I know. there's, like, stories about that scene where, you know, am I a clown? Like, was that improvised? And, yeah. But everything he says feels improvised. It's so alive and it's so in the moment. It all feels like dialogue he said for the first time in this moment that we're watching. And I, 
I can never get enough. Like, yeah, all I do is Pesci quotes to my buddies all day long. <laughs> like, peekaboo, yep. you fucks, you. I think you yes. tweeted that to me. Yeah, I did no, tweet that. Or did you yeah. text it? I I might have texted it to you, and I also tweet it. It's one of my favorites. Or when he's like uh, early on in Casino, where he's. I always kind of say he's making eyes at De Niro a little bit like, yeah, right. I'm sure like he just becomes a Valley girl for a minute and then goes back into his thing. And it's just, nobody else could get away with that for a sec, but he does. I know. I know. Just him chewing on the toothpick in that, you know? Yep. No, this guy for 30 years, I'm going to whack him for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. You also love to do heat though. Because we sent each other some heat quotes, for sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know. I feel like you... I, I'm so glad to be talking to you now, uh, because I think you gave me your phone number, and I immediately just started um, calling Sending you and leaving voice you voicemails. Yeah, <laughs> like a total psycho, you know? But Oh, it was hilarious. Are you kidding? You do such a great job on Twitter, like, uh, I, um, you know, just, like, allowing yourself to be seen and allowing your opinions and your taste and your ideas out into the world it's it's a i think it's a real strength and oh, maybe well, it ma- ma- made me feel like i knew you better than i did <laughs> i think we felt like we knew each other because we kind of had similar midwestern backgrounds and i think we bonded really fast and then it was like rob feels like kind of my brother but yeah. oh good yeah yeah, yeah. No, well, you weren't f- one of the creepy DMers or anything like that. <laughs> we have some of those, but yeah. Um, no. Uh, give me time. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the you brought up Dylan and um, the guy who directed the short and then um, wrote the script with me, and you know, truth be told, did most of the finishing work. I mean, the guy's amazing. His name's Corey Miller, and. Um, we went to Wesleyan together, and we both bond through Heat, okay. like constantly. He's the one I sent the Heat VHS girl to, is just like a thank you for all the yeah. great work. And um, we constantly are like, you know, my brother, he's in Phoenix, like constantly. <laughs> You're in Phoenix. You're my brother in Phoenix. Um, I know. I get that a- all the time. Like, I'll be rising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Through the door. I know. Yeah. I get that one um, too. My favorite was you were good. You know, adios. You were good. I love that. Yeah. 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 You, you I, dropped the MF on that. I did drop the motherfucker on that, but there it is. There's yes. I think I texted it to you and then, yeah, yeah we've done that one a few times, but <laughs> This is really all I ever want to do is do heat and casino quotations with people that I like. So this is a real gift to me. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's what I do on a daily basis. So, yeah. Whenever anything goes wrong, I always say not enough steaks in the freezer. <laughs> and oh, then my, bu- my buddy will say with everything we've been doing and I'll be like, Super Bowl, man, pulled me, uh, clean me out. And then did you see that tweet? That I said. Yes, you were trying to figure out which Super Bowl cleaned him out. Yeah. Yes, Corey Miller, the Corey, that director, and I were trying to figure it out and like trying to figure out what bets Chris Shaherlis made on that Super Bowl to wipe him out, and uh, yeah. that was a fun one. Yeah, 
Um, I guess I don't. What's your take on um, dragged across concrete, bone tomahawk, and rumble and sublock ninety nine? See now, I have actually not seen those at all. Okay. Yeah, this is a blind spot for me. I don't know. I've heard varying takes on especially dragged across concrete. Yeah. Yeah. I think what threw me is everybody was going on about under the Silver Lake and some people loved it and other people I watched hated it. it. I did night. not get it. Did you like I it? I did not get it. Thank what? you. Yes. Look, I like there... stopped watching it halfway through. I'm like, what the hell is this? And Oh my I, God, no payoff. Yeah. No. Okay. I was going to go back and then I'm like, you know, I've got a million movies I'd rather watch. So, so yeah. So while we're denigrating under the silver lake, I would like to point out a few things that I really did love about it. One is the cinematography. Cinematography. Yep. Every shot made... Um, Los Angeles look like a magical Chandler yeah. noir. Yep. And I love the way they that the director alternated between like very clearly Hitchcockian and very clearly Raymond Chandler-esque like bumbling. Retro. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of new like noir detective novel, you know, they I thought he gave a lot of love to Big Lebowski in there. He know. really did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, ultimately it didn't come to, I I thought he was great. He played like, he played that disgusting, creepy, kind of unlikable. It was against type for him and he did really well. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately I I just thought it was amazing style, but without substance. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now when somebody jumps on me, it can be like, well, Rob didn't dig it either. So, <laughs> But no, everyone was linking that one together with Dragged Across Concrete. So it made me a little apprehensive of watching that. But what did you think of it? So uh, I don't... Uh, uh, what's his name again, the, dir- the director of... It's... um Oh, S. Craig Zoller. Okay, so... The, I, I read a bunch of stuff that he's like kind of cons, like a con, undercover conservative filmmaker, which he I think rejects. Okay. And that there's a lot, there's a knock on Dragged Across Concrete, especially uh, around like racial tropes and yeah. what they do with language and that. So, you know, clearly I have my own blind spots and my own privilege, like. Um, I'm not, I, I just know from like a watchability, I enjoyed it and, okay. um, parts of it made me cringe. Like the, yeah, the cops, yeah. the cops are, 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 are pretty racist, you know? And yeah. I think the film kind of tries to point out that their experience makes them that way. I, and I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, those movies, um, I'd find to be really interesting and fun to watch. And the story are the stories to me are like really exhilarating and gratuitous and also like imaginative. And it's kind of a guilty pleasure me because I am a very 
snowflakey liberal LA yeah. like guy and um it's something my friends and I try to talk about all the time that that filmmaker Zoller and I mean Bone Tomahawk I think he shot in like a week or something in the Malibu mountains uh yeah oh. with um Kurt Russell who I love I I'm love sure you love Kurt. him too yeah 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 executive decision it's one of the best but anyway oh my yeah so, and I just rewatched yeah. go go was he in Breakdown? Was that him too? Yeah. I yeah. love and, that. Okay. And uh, what's the Ray Liotta, Madeline Stowe? Um, unlawful Entries. Yes, yes, Unlawful Entries. Oh my gosh. Great Liotta. I always say if there was any any role I could ever do, it would be Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Like, that would be my favorite. He, he, that's I could one. see that too. I could see you playing Henry for sure. That's very kind, Jen. Wow. That made my day. I mean, no one does it like Leota. That's one of the best performances in film history to me, but... I love it. Watching him, like, uh, mediate between Jimmy and Tommy in that movie is... Yeah. He's such a cockroach. It's, It's great. It is, yeah. And that trio, again, comes back in The Irishman. You know, it's, all again, all about betrayal and who carries power in what moment and communication and loyalty. And, like, I just love Scorsese. I know you do, too, but... Yes, and like you said, trio, it just made me think, because everything with him kind of goes back to religion. So father, son, like, the Holy Trinity and his issues with loyalty and... Yeah, it's just interesting. You can watch it on a number of levels, and it, it never gets old. I I was just – it's so funny you said that. I just – I think Priscilla Page, she, mm-hmm. she retweeted you, or I found her through you on Twitter, and I read something she wrote about bringing out the dead and, um, like, the iconography of redemption and that. And I thought it was so interesting, and I'd never been able to watch that movie without just being, like – so <laughs> in the experience of Nicolas Cage that it was it was really cool to pop out and look at those, you know, archetypes. Yeah, no, she's great. I have not read her Bringing Out the Dead piece, but I will. I think um, we were talking about his tendency to, I guess, baptize people in rain. He loves that, you know, rain will come and wash us all. And mm-hmm. it's something he goes back to again and again, but... Yeah, I guess what's cool about him is you can see his obsessions through everything or you can just enjoy each movie for its own thing. And I mean, one of the first things I ever, I think we probably talked about this in one of the first like film pieces of writing I ever did was in high school. I, for AP history, of course, I'm going to tie everything back to film that I can. um, I did the age of innocence just to write about Scorsese. And so I read the book and then I compared it to his roles in raging bull and with women and all these different things. And my teacher came over to me and she's like, boy, that must've taken a long time. You probably did so much research and I didn't want to like break her heart. So I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, you know, it was, and I'm thinking, dude, those books are just on my shelf waiting. I will talk about Scorsese till the cows come home. Like, yeah. So this is my life. Yes. Yeah. A little peek in the window of Jen, but yeah. I had like 
the, I had the, this teacher, his name is Jim Hosny at Crossroads in um, Santa Monica. And he's kind of like this famous teacher in LA. He's incredible. And um, he, beyond, I mean, incredible is such a, such a dumb way to describe him, but he, he taught us all how to think. And mm-hmm. um, he showed us, he taught great books, which was like a two year English class. And he would sh- he showed us Age of Innocence, and then he showed us The Leopard, right next to it, and like showed how Scorsese was kind of bringing Visconti his just desserts with Age of Innocence, and I thought it was so cool. I didn't really love the book; I thought it was kind of like a snore, but I loved the movie. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you on that. It's one of my favorites. But it's not for everybody, for sure. I should reread it, because, you know, oh, no, you're, I was hey, 17 years old when I read different Age things. of yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. So, have you been watching, like, a lot of new stuff or comfort movies? What have you been going for lately? Um, I've been, I guess I've been re-watching... I, I, Tonight I'm going to watch Extreme Job. Uh, my friend gave me the wreck. It's a Korean comedy, but it's like a caper comedy about... I'm excited to watch it. It's like cool. cops open a fried chicken restaurant to catch criminals, and the, the restaurant becomes a huge success. Um, that but most good. Yeah, it's good. You know, and I've tried to, like, st- I saw The Way Back, which was, you know, I'm I'm a sober guy, so any movies yep. about sobriety or recovery, I'm definitely all in on. And I, I do love Ben Affleck. I mean, I think yeah. he's great. Um, that was pretty good. It was pretty surprisingly linear. I was ready for, like, a whole kind of Hoosiers yeah. comeback thing, but um, I liked it, and... Um, what else? I watched the uh, last night was um, Under the Silver Lake. Um, I watched um, two. What's the Vendon Ruffin show on Prime? Too Young to Die Old or Too Old to Die Young? Yeah. Too Old to Die Young. I watched all of that, which was interesting. I kind of like. I think it was around seven or eight. I sort of stopped and haven't gone back but tuned out yeah (laughs) yeah it was crazy the mandy car chase will never be topped though i think that's one of the best things he's done yeah uh just yeah i always watch that after drive now i watch drive and then have to queue up queue up too old to die young the mandy car chase and it's the best yeah it's got this cohen brother thing that was unexpected about it and yeah that kills me but the show overall was yeah all over the place yeah 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 those long takes i know and was it baldwin hands yes what the hell was going on with william like playing with the puppets Oh my gosh, in his daughter's bedroom and being really creepy. Now that's creepy on a different level. Very yeah. creepy. Yes. Is she she was the was she the little girl from the nice guys? Oh, that I don't know. Or wait, no. 
No, I'm I'm confusing her. That girl's amazing. I watched Night Nice Guys the other day. Good movie. Loved it. Yeah. I also love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's one of my faves. Yeah. Yes. I like that one. I I don't like it as much as everyone else, but um, I see why people like it. I I like Nice Guys more just because maybe Gosling's a drunk in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so uh, good. Yeah. He's, gosh. Yeah, I watched, uh, I think the night before that was Vertigo, and then North by Northwest, which always, you know, makes me feel better. I mean, Vertigo does not. My wife had never seen Vertigo, so we watched that. She'd also never seen Rounders, so we watched that. I guess I'm rewatching to watch. That. Yeah. No, I think you texted me during Vertigo, and then, or maybe that was a previous watch. But I'm glad you showed her rounders. You have to do that. She loved it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. 90s Ed Norton. Can't go wrong. That's yeah. your. That's kind of your... Uh... Another one. It's me and character actors. I, I don't know. I blame Cage because I saw Moonstruck was the first movie I saw with actors. And, you know, he's so over the top. And I was bored out of my mind. It was in first grade. So whenever he hit the screen, it was like who is this? And I love him. And yeah, so I kind of blame Nicolas Cage. I don't know. But yeah, character actors. They're my life. No. I mean, good company. Yeah. I saw some like audition he did when he was in high school in Beverly Hills, at Beverly High, I think. Okay. That he did. and It was like a play. I saw it on social media. It was pretty great. Like young ass... Nicholas Cage, just you can't go wrong with Cage either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, trying to think what else I'm watching. You know, zero 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 was the last few days. That was I try to stick with things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't give up on much lately, but we've talked about a couple that I I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mm-hmm. attention span right now, especially, like it's hard to concentrate on everything because you're just constantly refreshing the news or trying to figure out what's happening, though I'm limiting that. But yeah, I think. I've, I've had to do that too. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch, you know, Rachel Maddow at night is kind of a wrap up and then. That's what some, I watch. Yeah. Yeah. She's my, that's, she's my girl. Love yes, her. Yes. She's the best. Um. And then I'll do like a podcast, a news podcast, but I don't watch the the press briefings or anything like that. It's just I spend so much of my day furious that. But oh, you know what? I did before Don Winslow's new book. I read uh, two books by the same author that were incredible. Um, okay. I loved them. I'm trying to. His name's like Patrick. It's some Irish name. The first, the first book is called uh, "The White Van." Okay. And the next one is called "Every Man a Menace." And there's check it. some overlap there. Um, my buddy Patrick re- always recommends like these great crime books to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. Hoffman. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yes. I think he was he was an old um private eye too. Oh that's cool. I love it when they do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
couldn't put them down. I read them both in two, like both books in two days. Um, he is a private eye based in Brooklyn. I mean, how cool is this guy? Yeah. And most, and like the white van all takes place in San Francisco. Wow. And then every man a menace like breaks out into Miami and the Philippines and it, it gets crazy. Okay. And he does, he like, he writes the city so well without being like so myopic and detailed to like prove that, you know, he knows every block of the city, which kind of gets old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, dude, I don't live in Washington, D.C. I don't need to know every block. Like, yes. (laughs) Um, what are you watching? Like what's going on with you? I keep talking and I feel like I was so excited to hear you. Um, been watching all kinds of stuff right now because of Jordan's recommendations. I've been watching the Pusher trilogy, so right. I have to watch Pusher three next. Which was funny because I didn't love Pusher two. I got about first it started with just two people, and now it's been up to like fifteen people messaging me. Like I understand about two gen, but three three is where it's at, and so I'm three very is great. Excited. Okay, very excited to see three, and I prefer the so far the Easy Money trilogy. Have you seen those? Probably no. Like only one person I know, like outside of my circle here, has seen it. That's Jed Ayers, who's going to be on the show as well, another crime writer. But it's a Swedish. It was actually called the Stockholm Noir trilogy, and it was a lawyer who um, was a criminal lawyer and he was inspired by these people that he was always, you know, getting off for crimes or whatever and wrote this epic trilogy. And the first one was called Easy Money or Snapa Cash. Second one, and I love in Sweden, you can actually put the title up. It was Never Fuck Up. And here in America, I think it was Never Screw Up. And... Um, yeah, they're really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read those. But I have they're, not they're read, films too. Yes, I have not read the. I want to say it's Jens Lapidus wrote the books. They're on my list of ones I want to read, but I've seen the movies with Joel Kinnaman from The Killing. So, oh, love him. Yeah, you're gonna love those. Um, the second and third ones are available right now for free on Vudu. But the first one, I think you still have to rent, but it's so worth it. Um, Other than that, just been kind of sprinkling in new things, watching a lot of old things. I watched Spy last night. Loved it. Hilarious. Yes. It's the best. I fucking made it, didn't I? Yes. (laughs) Rip this arm, clear off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Put it or attached it with this arm. And I love her. She's like, that's physically, I don't think that's physically possible. <laughs> uh, he keeps just doubling down on the, that's another thing where you're like, how much of that did Paul Feig write? And how much did he just, probably in multiple takes, them coming up with the craziest shit they could. It's it's great. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, they, they're masters. Bridesmaids yeah. is on all the time and I never turn it off. I, I love it. You know what I also love is, like, similar to Spy, that I think is one of the best buddy cop movies ever is The Heat. The Heat. Yes. Yes. Like, 
Melissa McCarthy is obviously amazing, and Sandra Bullock does not get enough praise for how great she is in that movie. No. It's so good and funny and such a great cop movie. Like, It's hilarious, and it is a great cop movie. There's some twists, and yeah, it was good. I was waiting for them to make a sequel. I guess their styles were kind of different when they were making it. I heard there was some problems, or it took a little bit of getting used to, because... Melissa's just very improv and Sandra's very focused. So I, I don't know if that was maybe holding them back, but, or they just don't green light women's movies. But I mean, that's a movie for everyone. I would love to see a sequel to that one. And, you know, their approaches really fit their characters in the film so well, you know, it's like. Yes. That's why it works so well. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I have a... Oh, go ahead. Are you wrapping up? Oh, no. I was I was going to say after this part, yeah, we could wrap, but go for it. Oh, I better make it good. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no pressure, Rob. No, I was just like, you know, I've. it's funny because different actors have different backgrounds and training. And I, I, a lot of actors are really uncomfortable with, with improvising. Like... within the scene or at the end of the scene or anything. And I just never understood. I mean, I get it. um, But I mean, I'm sure Robert De Niro is not a big improviser and listen, he does whatever he wants and he does it. He's so great, but it's always like, God, let's live in this moment a little longer. Let's find something new or yeah. People get really mad when you, when you fuck with their expectation and sure. um, I always just kind of see it as like a fun opportunity. And mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I get fired all the time. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were hilarious in the off season, which I'm going to link here. And you were telling me on that, which was a digital series for yeah. ABC. You did get to do some improvising on that. And just, you were hilarious. So yeah. thank you. Going yeah, to they- link to that. They kept a lot of our shit in that, which was yeah, very nice. For sure. Well, I want to thank you, Rob, for being here and joining us on Watch with Jen. You're welcome back anytime you'd like. So thank really you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's so good to talk to you. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. 